Hello, my name is Ben Schluter, and welcome to episode 18 of Gold to Go. Now, last night, of course, we were live and talking about stuff, and today it's the pre-recorded, listenable podcast that you can listen to anywhere else. So let's jump right into it. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, yeah, today we will be talking about NFL moves and news. Uh, Deshaun freaking Watson. Quick recap, and by quick I mean like seriously really quick recap of the LSU baseball series from the weekend. A little bit on an LSU fraternity getting suspended. And then March Madness. A recap of the first two rounds and my picks for the Sweet 16. Also a little bit of a talk about the whole issue with the differences and the horrible inequalities between the men's and women's tournament. But I think it's best to start with... The Saints news, because it's the stuff I know best. We signed two guys. We signed a fullback and a tight end. Saints signed fullback Alex Arma, who is a former Panther, who's with the Panthers last year. Uh, signed him to a one-year deal worth, and I'm going to get this number right, $1.1275 million. Not sure how much of that is guaranteed. I think it's like a few hundred thousands guaranteed. Something around there. It's kind of an odd contract when I've looked at the details um, because I was looking at it on this website that does a really good job of tracking, uh, cap news and all, or contracts, uh, so yeah, but I totally agree with the signing, I think it's a good signing, need a fullback like him, uh, because I remember him, you know, he played with the Panthers, so I saw him, and I remember the two games we played against them last year, he's a damn good blocking fullback, in fact, he's one of the better ones I've seen. To have a guy like that in an offense that's going to start putting the power run game even more of an emphasis um, because of the whole, now you have Jameis Winston, and while Jameis Winston, I think, will be able to throw the ball, you still want to put that power run game there because it worked. Like, it's worked the past couple of years pretty damn well. It's been a good way of doing things. So, yeah. One-year deal, pretty good. Then we signed tight end Nick Vanette. He's a former Bronco. This is going to be his fourth team, I think, in three years. This is a three-year deal, the details of which I could not find online at the time of making this list and couldn't really find any still before going live. Note that I went live around 10.30 a.m., so, yeah. So, he's a blocking tight end, though he's a decent-ish receiving... Uh, he can put hands on the ball, but his main job is to block. Considering the Saints did have only one tight end on the roster before signing him, I think it's a really good move, especially for a guy who can block, because blocking tight ends are really integral. Like, especially if you're going to do a power run game, might as well have that extra blocker in there. Saints like to run a lot of jumbo packages uh, for their power run game, so having a guy who can block well is very important, and I really, really do agree that the signing's good. So, yeah. Then, the Superdome. It's getting a new corporate sponsor. If you didn't hear a while back, Mercedes-Benz said that they were going to pull out of their deal with the, or at least they weren't going to renew their naming rights deal with the Superdome, focusing instead on Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, which I can actually say 100% makes sense. Mercedes-Benz Stadium has two full-time tenants, uh, with both the Falcons and Atlanta United. 
uh, the MLS team. So yeah, put your money there. You're gonna get more. You get more events there as a result. So yeah, got got no problems with that. Jeez, sorry, loud noises outside. <laughs> mm-hmm. So anyway, so Mercedes-Benz is gonna be out by I think the end of this year. They're gonna be changing the name and. The company that's going to be taking it over is Caesars Entertainment, the casino company. The NFL's relaxed its rules on uh, affiliations with betting partners, and uh, yeah, this is about as relaxed as you're going to get. Their name's going to be front and center. And considering the fact that the Superdome's going to be a Super Bowl host venue in a few years, that's going to be big. Of course, Everyone expected the first stadium to ever have a casino's name on it in a major professional sports league to be not in Las Vegas. Nah. Instead, in Las Vegas, it's a T-Mobile and Allegiant, a banking company, because it's normal and stuff. Boring. We get the cool Caesars. This is even more, like, perfect because of the renovations going on to the Superdome. Uh... Because we are introducing, within the next couple of years, these things called super voms or super voms. They're super voms. They're vomitoriums. Vomitoriums as, like, the ones found in the Roman Colosseum. And what they are, these, like, big old... I can't show you the picture right now. I did that live, but you can look them up. And basically, it's like this little wider seating area. Uh, where you can also stand to watch games. Uh, it's kind of like, I think, what the Cowboys have. I think the Cowboys have this kind of stuff. Uh, SoFi Stadium, I think, has the same thing. It's a more modern way of introducing stuff. I don't know how the hell to say it. It's weird. But here's an interesting tidbit I learned, actually, a couple of days ago, or yesterday, um, about like the way the NFL's dealt with betting. Because the fact that the NFL's been so loose with sports betting and all. Such a huge contrast from the previous commissioner, Commissioner Paul Tagliabue. Yeah, he really doesn't like it because he believes that sports betting can lead to guys fixing games. And his reason for that is, trust me, bro, I know what it's like. Because he played basketball in college. Uh, he was an undergraduate student at Georgetown, and he was a guard on the team. At one point, he had to miss a game because he was doing a Rhodes Scholar competition, so not exactly much of an athlete as much as he was a scholar. But one time, he played New York University in Madison Square Garden. This was back when New York University, NYU, they had a really, really good basketball team. Yeah, except his Hoyas won that game. Later, he found out through... Uh, because NYU, it turned out, had this huge point-shaving, uh, game-fixing scheme where there were a bunch of players who were like had connections, I think, to the Mafia or something uh, who would just fix games for them. And, yeah, he played in one of those games in which Georgetown won. And uh, so ever since, he's kind of sort of not liked it. And you know what? Good reason not to like sports betting. Good reason to think it's going to be a chance to corrupt people, considering you know what it's like. I just found that kind of weird. Um, and cool and interesting. Man, oh, if only other Saints news happened between Thursday and t today. God damn it. So, 
It was reported on earlier this morning, and I'm going to double-check to see if anything else has come out about it. Oh, well, Leonard Fournette's getting a one-year deal worth up to $4 million. And, uh... Basically, Marshawn Lattimore got arrested. Yep. He was arrested in Cleveland. Now, I'm going to read this uh, Cleveland thingy. So, he was booked into Cuyahoga County Jail on a charge... He was arrested on suspicion of receiving stolen property. Uh, so, jail... I'm going to read this verbatim because, frankly, I just had a chance to look at it because I think it just got updated, like, really, really recently since I first looked at it. Jail records say Cleveland Police's gang investigators arrested Lattimore around about 10.30 p.m. Thursday. The records show three other men were arrested by the gang unit at the same time as Lattimore. One was arrested on suspicion of improperly handling a gun in a car, and two were arrested on suspicion of having weapons under disability, meaning they illegally possessed a gun with a felony record. Uh, so, yeah. Nothing has really come up yet. This is just not good at all. Of course not. You're... One of your star cornerbacks got arrested. <sighs> great. Just great. Just freaking great. I mean, I don't know any of the details. Maybe it's not. Maybe he'll get acquitted. You know, maybe it isn't him. Who knows? Because this thing is so breaking, I'm not going to rush to judgment. It's like, yeah, this happened. Like, we're just learning about this. None of the details have come out. I'm not going to make a comment on it because there are no details. I'm not going to say, oh my god, this is so bad, this, that, and the other thing. Because what if it's nothing? What if it is that he was just arrested because, like, he associated with other people? I am not going to comment on it because I can't do so with any sort of authority or with any sort of facts. And I think that's important. But now let's move on to the rest of the NFL and the free agency news. I picked a few things. The Giants decided to spend on some guys. They got a Dory Jackson on a three-year, $39 million contract, $20 million guaranteed, because that secondary does need some help. Then they picked up a couple of guys to their offense. They picked up Kenny Galladay on a four-year, $72 million contract. It's got a max value of $76 million, by the way. Uh, $40 million of it's guaranteed. Pretty good. I didn't look into what the Kyle Rudolph contract was, because I don't think those details are out yet. What I do know is that, I, and I think it's like at least a two- or three-year deal. One of the problems with the deal coming in was that uh, there were worries some by somewhere, I don't know if it was just media worries or maybe it was internal worries, that he wouldn't pass his physical because of a foot injury he has. Uh, that wasn't a problem because he signed with them. So, yeah. Cl clearly, that wasn't a major issue. Then you have Sheldon Rankins, uh, the former Saints defensive tackle. He went to the Jets. On a two-year deal that has a lot of stuff in it. It's two years, it's $11 million, $6 million of it's guaranteed, and there's a 2022 opt-out. Yeah, he was good when he was healthy. Problem was, he wasn't that healthy. Rankin just had injury problems. So watch him just randomly ball out. Because when he was in, when he was healthy, he was worth his uh, pick. He was the 12th overall pick in 2016. And when he was healthy, he would show it. When he was healthy. 
but he couldn't stay healthy. And that's an issue. The Cowboys decided to move on from Alden Smith, and, uh, okay. What? What? Just what? Really? I mean, I get he's getting older and all, but your defense is garbage. Your defense last year was really bad. Your run defense last year was an atrocity. I don't understand how you even went, like, what did they go? I think they went 6-10. and 10. I don't know how the hell you did that besides playing in a weak-ass division. You are garbage. Whatever. Let's see who they replace him with. Seriously, let's see who they replace him with. Because your offense is one thing. Your defense is what's been holding you back. Then you've got the Packers re-signing Kevin King. Now, people in the Packers fan base might be saying, Why did you do this? What the hell are you doing? Why did you re-sign him? I thought he'd be gone. That NFC Championship game was so bad. He's so bad. Well, yeah, the NFC Championship game was really bad, but he wasn't that bad. Like, he's an okay player. He's pretty good-ish, but he's also young. That's important, because you need young guys in your secondary. Also, it's a one-year deal with $3.75 million guaranteed. Yeah, you heard one year $6 million, but... Like, and this is annoying with the way contracts have been reported. It's been, yeah, but that's probably the max value of the contract, you wait to hear what the guaranteed numbers are before you can even pass judgment on it. Um, Because then it's like, oh, okay, that makes more sense. Cam Newton's contract was reported as a one-year, $14 million contract. It's not. He's got incentives that can make it go up to $14 million, but it's a base salary of about $5 mil. So, about what Cam Newton would be getting. He's a decent cornerback. I think maybe the new defensive scheme for the Packers is going to help him. There's only one way to find out. Wait and see. Because he'll be back. And this doesn't even mean that the Packers aren't going to draft a cornerback in the first round. Like, it doesn't mean they're not going to try and get help in that secondary. The help they need. Although they might still go linebacker. Who knows? Um, then you got Kyle Fuller to the Broncos because the Bears were stupid could not keep their cap situation from ballooning out of control. Apparently, Kyle Fuller, along with Hakeem Hicks... God, that name is annoying, uh, because sometimes you say Hakeem, and you're almost about to say Nicks. So, yeah. He was one of... Apparently, those two guys were the starters that they were willing to send to the Seahawks, along with three first-round picks, in exchange for Russell Wilson. Um, so Hicks has been allowed to look for a trade because his cap number is stupid high. And then Kyle Fuller had to be released. He was a cap casualty because the Bears don't know what they're doing at all. I seriously don't know what you're doing. Bears, why are you trying to blow, just either blow it up or like stop being stupid? Because they honestly don't have a direction for their franchise right now. Because you're releasing guys and replacing them with mid-tier guys. You have a cap situation that's ballooning out of control for you, and instead of getting the big-name guys, you're getting Randy's. Look at what they did with Andy Dalton. You waited a year to get him. You idiots. He was signed for dirt... The Cowboys signed him for $3 million. He was dirt cheap over the 2020 offseason. Um, when I say that, by the way, meaning the offseason prior to the 2020 season. Um... He was dirt cheap, and now you're signing him for $10 million? 
You're paying a premium for a guy you could have had at a bargain. Are you stupid? Come on, what is this? The third rule of negotiation? This is one of the only Star Trek D Space Nine references I can make. Um, do not question me for making it, because it's true. Why would you ever pay for something at a premium when you can get it for a bargain? Clearly, the Bears have not learned this lesson because they've got Andy Dalton. He's their QB1. I don't get where all the hate came from. You should just be laughing at them. Okay, unless you're a Bears fan, in which case, yeah, you should be throwing a lot of scorn and fury at the entire Bears organization for screwing your team over. Congratulations, you made the playoffs last year. You backed into the playoffs with a stupidly, uh, good start. Like, how'd you have, like, 5-3? and three? You got lucky as hell, you should never have been in the playoffs. Stupid seven-team playoff system giving you a berth. Your, your team is screwed over. This year, when your team goes like 5-12, and 12, they'll finally fire Matt Nagy, hopefully. Please fire your GM, please fire your head coach. They're so bad, and they're not bringing your franchise anywhere closer to relevance. Oh, but they got us to the playoffs a couple times. Yeah, like, shut up. Oh, yes. It's Juju Smith-Schuster re-signing with the Steelers. Why? He had two better offers. The Ravens were offering him, I think, a little bit better or if not the same, and then the Chiefs were offering him better. I know they both at least had, like, pretty damn good offers. Comparable, if not better, to the Steelers. But he decides to go back to the Steelers. Really, bro? This is, uh, this was what you want to do? I mean... I guess... I guess... I don't see why you would want to do it. I mean, maybe it's the familiarity there, but... This is an offense that is going to be with a cooked quarterback and Matt Canada as its OC, which means... And I don't know what Matt Canada's got uh, for them. I don't know what the hell that's going to look like. But... Based on what I remember from his time at LSU, which was a whole year, uh, it's gonna be pretty tough. I don't even understand what the Steelers are doing. They don't have any direction, either. Oh, they think they're gonna coast like they did last year? Look, I'll say this. Everyone who says, oh, 11-0, and then they fell apart. They didn't really get a bye week. They didn't get a chance to rest. Two teams had COVID issues that they didn't solve. And thus, the Steelers got screwed twice. They never really got a bye week. So, of course, they were going to be gassed. I don't really blame them. But you're not doing the things you need to do to rectify that situation. Because even though I'm not going to... like, And I know it sounds like I'm making excuses for them, but like, have you ever heard of a team not having a bye week ever? And actually being successful? Because back when uh, the Browns made the NFL have 31 teams, there were teams that had 16 straight games. Yeah, they never made the... I don't think but one of them made the playoffs. This is from 99... This was the years of 99, 2000, and 2001. Uh, and then you had that one time when the hurricane hit and the Dolphins and the Bucks had to move their game. And so they had to play all their games in a row. And I don't think either one of those teams made the playoffs. But still, your offense was problematic. Big Ben can't throw the ball. His arm is cooked. 
You were coasting on your defense and beating weak teams. You won your division. You don't get that this year. Yeah. You don't get to coast by on easy wins this year. Not to mention, your defense isn't as good. Bud Dupree is gone. He's one of your better linebackers. Bye-bye. So I don't see what the hell the Steelers are thinking. I don't see them doing it. If the Steelers win more than eight games, I'll be pretty shocked. Unless... Like, unless they get absolutely 100% lucky. No, this team isn't that good. And Juju Smith-Schuster coming back is probably going to hurt his own value. Oh, by the way, Chase Claypool got into a bar fight in California. Really, bro? What the hell is going on with the Steelers team? Why are they becoming a toxic mess? Are they the most toxic mess in the NFL? We'll get to Deshaun Watson later. Yeah. So, um, Joe Flacco. He signed with the Eagles for a one-year, $3.5 million guaranteed uh, contract. I didn't see the full value of it. He says he wants to be the starter and not a mentor. I mean, he said that in Denver, and uh, that didn't end up really happening. So, yeah. We'll see how well this goes for him. T.Y. Hilton re-signed with the Colts. It's a one-year, $10 million deal, $8 million guaranteed. Uh, he had said that he'd always wanted to end his career with the Colts, so this may be his final year. Uh, unless he feels like he can do it another year. We'll see. But, yeah, I never saw him going anywhere else other than re-signing with the Colts. Because he was going to do that. He was going to make sure he could. At any way possible. Then you have Tevin Coleman, a running back. He went to the Jets. He went from the uh, 49ers to the Jets. Followed uh, Robert Sala, finally. Uh, it's a one-year deal worth up to $2 million. Didn't see the guarantees in it. Could be pretty good. I'm really interested in seeing what the Jets look like this year. Because they've got... They have Sheldon Rankins now. So that's a new defensive tackle. Um, their offense is going to be different. Going to be really interesting to see where they go. One more little NFL transaction. But on the ownership side. Dan Snyder has bought up all of the minority owners' uh, stakes in the Washington football team. Making him 100% owner. Everyone wanted him to sell the team. He decided to buy the team harder. Dan Snyder is never going to sell this team, is he? Not unless he's forced to or he dies. God, he's just so... He's a terrible owner. Of a terrible team. Who does not know what he's doing. Who runs a terrible organization. That has terrible people in it. That have had terrible problems with sexual harassment. I'm not calling Dan Snyder a terrible person. Although I'm not saying he's a great person. What I am saying is that he's allowing a culture of idiocy inside his organization, and frankly, that's not something good. Like, just why? Alrighty. Do we have to go into it? Do we have? Do we have? Do we have to? Just. Do we have to go into it? Yes, we do. Okay, so, last week, when we talked about Deshaun Watson, I think it was three had been filed. I think three lawsuits had been filed. Maybe it was up to four or five. So now it's 16 on the verge of potentially 24. Holy actual hell. Now, there is a Reddit thread 
on RNFL that does a really good job of breaking everything down. I'm not going to read it because, frankly, it's horrifying what this man did. There is a state... Uh, so, in many of these, by the way, um, yeah, there's evidence. There's a lot of evidence. Now, Watson's attorney came out with this statement, a statement that was so stupid that we need to talk about how stupid it was. Yeah. Because here's, here's how that statement goes, and this is from a Pro Football Talk article. It does a decent job breaking down some of the points. Uh, so, and by the way, the name of Watson's attorney is Harden, just so that you know, which is not helpful for a guy from Houston. Um, so first of all, Harden criticizes the decision of a Tony attorney, Tony Busby, who is the attorney of the people who are suing Deshaun Watson, um, to file the lawsuits without naming the plaintiffs, uh, his attack on the effort of these persons to preserve their privacy rights as long as they can overlooks one important fact, which is that the lawsuits specify dates and places that the messages, the massages occurred. It also in there, uh, specifies, I believe the dates on which the messages for the massages were sent. Um, yeah, I know, that's going to get really annoying, because when you have a dusty computer screen that can be annoying to clean, sometimes you read A's as E's. I did it last time. Um, yeah, they all know. I'm going to be honest with you. Watson's team knows who these women are. They know. They definitely know. Because Watson, could, he could probably find all the records of them. Ain't no way he deleted that. Not especially because... Do you know how bad it is? Here's the worst part about it, because um, I hadn't read any of the lawsuits, mainly because I'm not a, a, I'm not a lawyer, B, I don't have time, C, I want to try and preserve my sanity. Um, but someone actually spent the time to read through all of them. The last allegation is of an incident that took place on March 5th, 2021. You know... As of the recording of this, 19 days ago, not even three weeks ago, not even three weeks ago, he was doing this shit. So, there's good record of that. Uh, second, Harden never denies that sexual activity occurred during these massages. Instead, he says that, quote, any allegation that Deshaun forced a woman to commit a sexual act is completely false. This implies that consensual sex occurred, not necessarily at the time, but at least some of the time during what were supposed to be massages. Which, by the way, just saying, uh, ain't no way that happened. Ain't no way it was consensual. Because if he coerced them into doing it, that's not consensual. Because, and I hope you know this, but if you don't, sir, let me inform you, coercing someone into doing, was like, coercing someone is not a way of giving consent. You cannot be coerced into giving consent. That's not how that works. At all. The law doesn't say that's how that works. You're a lawyer, you better fucking know that. Third, although it's entirely possible that Watson will be able to show that one of the plaintiffs had an improper mo profit motive, it's very difficult at this point to say, as Harden does, that one fabricated that one fabricated claim causing to question the legitimacy of the other cases as well, because it doesn't. One false one. Okay, sweet. We've got like 20 others that are pretty good, and even then, like 
Okay, that's one of them. All of these are, by the way, and Busby's been doing a good job because the... Oh, wait. Sorry, I'll talk about that because that's a fifth point. The fourth point is that Watson's lawyer said he has received no numerous unsolicited com comments from many licensed massage therapists who have described Deshaun Watson as a gentleman and a model client who never engaged in inappropriate conduct. I mean... No, I'll keep reading it because it's way better than how I can say it. Setting aside the question of whether that evidence would be admissible in the trial of a civil lawsuit, it most likely wouldn't be. No names are named. Maybe that's the next step, but for now, a claim from a person paid to represent Watson's interests that essentially many are saying that he's never engaged in misconduct, it's kind of lame. Kind of lame. Here's the fifth. Uh... Harden is 10,000% accurate when he says that people should not rush to judgment and that both sides are entitled to fairness. The problem, however, is that the human beings who make up the jury of a court of public opinion will rush to judgment. Harden complains about Busby's antics and accuses him of creating a circus-like atmosphere. Unsavory as Busby's behavior may be, it's been effective in getting his message out, especially with Watson's camp falling silent for a full week. Yeah, I mean, first of all, his name is Busby. Of course he was going to do it this way. It's in his name. Really? Busby's creating buzz? Shocker. Like, yeah, he's playing this correctly. He's playing his cards absolutely right. I mean, you fuckers didn't say anything, and when you did, it was not good. Because it was like, we should all, like... Listen to victims of sexual assault, but we should also do this, that, and the da 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 Like, really? Shut up. Yeah, y'all not saying anything was really bad. Because thinking about it now, when I said, like, y'all should just lay low, it's like, nah, because he's continuing to get this message out there. You need to counteract it. Otherwise, guess what? It's going to look really bad on you, because you're going to look guilty. Doesn't matter if you are or aren't, uh, people are going to see that that way. Yada, 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 yada. Now, that's a thing that occurred. But, let's go through this Reddit thingy. And there are some observations from it that are important, and I'll read them through. Uh, Deshaun Watson might have involved two other NFL players in the first lawsuit. This would be afterward, yes. Why is unknown? Um, potentially thinking he wanted to rectify the situation. And in his own messed up head, it's like, oh, if I get you two other guys to do normal, not messed up things, uh, that'll help your business. Number two, Tony Busby alleged in his press conference that the Texans organization referred Watson to one of the accusers, but could not, f could not find this in lawsuits. By the way, this is written in the first person perspective of the original poster. It's been brought... Quote, it's been brought to my attention that there is a good chance Busby is mistaking Deshaun Watson's personal QB coach for the team QB coach. He specifically named Quincy Avery in a later comment, so it's possible he's talking about the same person here. A lot of, now then, next point, a lot of these women are not trained in massage therapy. Yeah, they aren't. Many are cosmetic business owners. I'm sorry, many are cosmetic businesses owners. They own cosmetics businesses. A few are licensed estheticians. That word is really annoying. Licensed 
estheticians, and one is a licensed personal trainer. He was seeking out a lot of women who did not typically give massages. It seems like he was more likely to get further with these women because they were unfamiliar with the boundaries professional massage therapists expect. Deshaun Watson is the one that initiated either direct or indirect contact with all 16 women. All of these women should be able to provide this, as he reached out of her social media 13 out of 16 times, and he reached out through her employer for the other three. I wonder where... I was like, so the question of where's the evidence is right there. Yeah, there's the evidence. Right there. I was like, I wonder if they can find if he did it. Hmm. Deshaun Watson sent a lot of texts making sure that he and the woman would be alone. A lot. It's messed up. He had to make sure of that. Uh, the defense is lying about not knowing the names of these women. Every lawsuit is dated. All Watson has to do is check his damn phone. Uh-huh. This guy then says, I think Busby is dragging his feet on giving the Jane Doe names to the court, because as of right now, there are only two groups on Earth that know the names of all these women, Busby's team and Watson's team. If these names are leaked to the media, Busby is going to know exactly who did it. He loses that power the second a third party has the names, and that would be the district court. A lot of these women texted extensively with Watson. Busby is sitting on literal mountains of evidence. Lots of electronic evidence, likely some DNA evidence, a few different ignored apology texts. Yeah, okay, so this is the weird part about it. Deshaun Watson would, like, text them later, and sometimes he would ask if they were okay. And I don't understand why. Like, seriously, I'm not going to even try and answer that question. Because... Like, I can't understand what kind of mind this is. And then, the final thing in this uh, observation is that many of these women confided in friends-slash-family the same day as the assaults. Those friends-slash-family will be able to testify that they knew about the accusations long before any of these women knew about each other. It should also be noted that not all of these women were in Houston. No, because I think he re- One of them was weird. I don't remember which number it is. It probably doesn't matter. But one of them was someone who was in school in Atlanta. He had them flown out to Houston to do the damn thing and then flew him back. Why? What is wrong with you? He went out to another one. The licensed personal trainer was the one in, was in Los Angeles to do that. Um, just what? And what it seems like, because when you read through it, in fact, I will, I don't know if I should put a link to it. I really don't know if I should put a link to this. I'd say go on r slash NFL on Reddit and then find Deshaun Watson allegations. Um, you'll you'll easily see it. It's like going to be one of the top comments there. Uh, and you can read through it if you want to. You're going to maybe be sick. I wasn't sickened, but that's only because, you know, I'm really good at, like, getting pissed off. And instead moving disgust into annoyance, anger, and hatred. And so, yeah. But like, when you read through that, you realize it's not just like, oh, it's the same thing every time. No, he's escalating. He's escalating his behavior. He's clearly changing every single time. He's realizing he can get away with a lot more. He, or a little bit more every single time. Um... So he starts asking for worse and worse and worse. Things I'm not going to repeat here, because even though I curse a lot, like, I have standards, 
and my standards are like don't discuss horrible things that you don't want people to picture but like I mean there were times where these women wanted to like vomit I think that's mentioned once or twice one of them is in trauma counseling these weren't just single women by the way some of them were in relationships one woman was engaged one woman the woman I believe that's in trauma uh, therapy she's married she is married. And, um... I'm going to find it. No, there's a woman who's receiving psychiatric uh, counseling for the trauma. That was not the same woman. Uh, yada yada. Where is it? Where is it? Something, 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 something. Where in the world is it? Because I think it's a different woman, and it's, like, impacted her marriage. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. One of them... One of them literally shat herself in fear. She was in so much shock, she literally shat herself. Like... Not even joking you. That is possibly the worst thing I've ever heard. And yes, I know, I said I had standards, but guess what? That's where my standards are, where it's like, you shat yourself in fear. That's insane. Which, also, by the way, um, was not actually aware that was a thing that people actually could do. Genuinely didn't know that was possible. So, you learn something new every day. Um, and that same woman says that she blames herself for not preventing what happened. Which, it's not on you. It's not on you. And by the way, that massage? 28th of December, 2020. So messed up. It's so messed up. And then, for some of them, like, he, he would leave early, he wouldn't pay them the full thing, which, like, of course not. Um, why would he do that? I mean, he wanted this thing, clearly, and, like, they don't deserve it, and, like, fuck you. But... Let's just get on to my opinion, because I've talked enough fact, and you come here for my opinions. And then after this, we'll talk a little bit about... You know what? I'm going to skip the LSU uh, fraternity thingy, mainly because I'm not going to... I'm not really down for talking more about things I don't like. And also, I just want to get this over with, because i got class relatively soon. Um, But yeah, let me just give my opinion. Number one. Look, I get he should go through all of the things, but, like, I'm pretty sure this guy did it. Like, I, I'm, I'm, like, 99% sure this guy did it. I'm, like, seriously, 99% sure that Deshaun Watson did all of these things. By the way, dude's in a, dude's in a committed relationship. I mean, he's got a girlfriend. Like, it doesn't matter that she's a supermodel or not. He has a girlfriend. Which makes you wonder, like, well, actually, what it makes me wonder is, like, does she know about this? Did she know about all of this behavior? Was she aware of it? If she was, maybe she didn't know, like, the extent to which it was happening. Like, okay, it was fine for him to go and try and do these things, but she didn't know that he was forcing these women to try and do this and all of that. She is an Instagram influencer, by the way. Um, so that's really awkward. Really, really awkward for her. I feel bad for her. I actually really do because not only did she not know she was in a relationship with someone who was actually by the way I'm gonna say something that is 
one of those, if I were to have said it and I were a real media personality, I could theoretically get in trouble in certain places to a guy who, no, you know what? Who seems like a sexual predator. I have now made it so much easier to take it off. Because with all of this, this is predation. He's trying, he likes to hunt. Likes to find these women. He doesn't try and get someone professional to do it. He doesn't try and... <clears throat> Look. Give me two seconds. My throat is being annoying. Ah! Yes, I feel so much better now. He could do so many different things. There are so many ways. If he needs to... If he needs to, you know, have that kind of thing... There are other ways to do it. There are licensed people who give those kinds of massages. There's nothing wrong with people who want those kinds of massages at all. You should not be shaming people for wanting that kind of massage. If they get it through a licensed person, if, like, everything is set up in a good way. Oh, I didn't mention this part, but this is probably important. Every single one of these women, he tried to get them to sign an NDA. No shit he did, of course. He's a professional athlete. A lot of famous people do this. Uh, for, like, any sort of stuff like this. But those NDAs are going to become disclosed. So, that won't work out for you. But there, there are licensed ways to do this. There are ethical ways to do this. Do you know what is an ethical way to do this? Not uh, forcing people to do things they're not comfortable with and committing crimes? Because, yes, this is a crime in the state of Texas. At least one of these is considered a crime. And it carries a sentence of either up to one year in prison or $4,000 fine. Which, those two things don't seem similar until you realize that $4,000 for some people is a lot more. Like, is a shitload of money. But yeah. So, here are my final thoughts. Deshaun Watson should never play another snap in the NFL. I don't want to see him on the field again. I just don't. I, I don't think anyone's... Anyone does. There are people who were sending death threats and harassing letters to Busby because he was coming with all these women who were alleging horrible things against Deshaun Watson because, like, some people are absolute assholes and just can't see past, like, football and think football is everything. And it's like, bro, he's a human being who committed horrible crimes against these women and who caused trauma and has ruined their lives. Some will never overcome how they felt. Some will never be able to be in a relationship the same way they were before. Because that's what happens to some victims of sexual trauma. They are not able to process emotions correctly anymore. Because their brain got fried from it. Do you know how fucked up that is? You can't and you wouldn't want to. And I wouldn't want to know either. I don't think any human being on this earth would want to know what that's like. You wouldn't wish it on your worst enemy. This man should never... I, I hope he never plays it down again. Because if he tries to come back, no one's ever going to trust him. That's the thing about it. There are people who still can't get past Mike Vick's freaking dogfighting thing, despite the fact that he actually atoned for it. Despite the fact that, like, you look at him now, he has 
not only learned from his mistakes, he has done his best to better himself, to learn more, to become someone who works with a charity that tries to stop dogfighting, that tries to pass legislation to get harsher punishments for those that are found guilty of it. He's more than atoned for his sins, and yet when he was made the offensive coordinator for the Pro Bowl, there was an entire petition sent out to say, no, we don't want him. Y'all are messed up for that. But Deshaun Watson's never going to get that, is he? Now, I hope he does change. I know this is crazy to sound, I mean to say, but I say this about anyone. Everyone deserves one chance, one second chance, after facing the consequences. You don't get a free second chance. You don't get a do-over. No. When you do something wrong, you gotta face the music. You gotta face whatever happened. You have to deal with the fact that you ruined the lives of at least 16 women. It's up to 24, apparently. Apparently, eight more coming forward. These are numbers that are like... People are saying these are Cosby-level numbers. And it's like, yeah. Because Ben Roethlisberger had that issue like 10 years ago. But that was like one or two women, which is a low number. It shows that theoretically, and I'm saying theoretically, it wasn't a pattern of behavior. May not have been. This is a pattern of behavior. I'm not excusing Ben Roethlisberger for it. I'm just saying I don't know as much about it. And that, again, it isn't impossible that that was an isolated incident. I'm not saying we should have ever let him get off scot-free, because somehow he did. That was weird. But with this... No, it's a, it's a very horrible pattern of behavior. He needs to face every single consequence he deserves. He should not play another down in the NFL. No team should ever sign this motherfucker. Because this dude is horrible. Everyone thought he was this great guy. Everyone thought, oh, he was so nice. He was unhateable. It turns out, Deep down underneath, he had a dreadful side. Why do you have to have that timing, fire department? But he had a side to him that was. So, just tormentous. He's going to go down as the first NFL quarterback in history to lead the league in passing yards in his final season. Yeah. That's insane. If he plays another snap in the NFL, I'm going to be shocked, and I'm going to be... Whoever gives it to him, no. Just no. I don't care how many years you wait. Because I want this guy gone for a few years to the point where he can't come back. Alrighty? I get he's hella talented, but, uh... He's also a bad, horrible, no good... Needs to go to... Needs to go and get help, person. I genuinely hope that after this, he becomes a better person. We should never wish for the worst in every single person. He's a young guy. He's not even 30 yet. That means he's got so much time to actually change. He's got a lot of life left in him. And to think that that's going to stick around with him is deserving. But to not let him get that chance to become better. And by the way, it's one chance, and you have to really, really show it. It is tough. And 
That is the only chance you get. If it's shown that, no, you're doing this again, I need you to fuck off. And I'm gonna be, like, very cautious with it. But I'm gonna say it's like, no. Give them that little chance. In, let's say, seven years. Let's go with that. Uh, He's a monster, and I don't want to see him in the NFL again. So, yeah. Here's a quick LSU baseball recap. We dropped our series on the weekend, 2-1 to to number 2 Mississippi State. We lost the first game 6-1, to the second game 3-0, to and then we won the third game 8-3. to Hey, look, I went quickly. Now let's get on to the March Madness. Let's start with the annoying part. Great, so I went off on a long tangent rant about Deshaun Watson. Now I have to go off on a long tangent rant about the NCAA, because apparently things don't get easy for me. Nope. Nope. Basically, the NCAA is a piece of shit. If you didn't already know this, where have you been living for the past 25,000 years? Nah, but like, seriously, terrible. And so it was found that, uh, well, an or I think it's an Oregon women's basketball player? I'm not 100% sure. I remember that her team wears green. So, and it was the same green as Oregon, so it was probably Oregon. But that doesn't really matter. What matters is the fact that, uh, the weight room was awful and atrocious and was like a rack of hand weights and then that's about it not to mention the swag bags were terrible oh i should mention that there was this entire space that was just empty had no weight rooms had no weight rooms but the men's did uh their swag bags were completely garbage like they weren't even half as much stuff which really and then finally their food situation was Dismal. They were having freaking early NBA bubble type food, if you remember how bad that was. And then the men's, they just had these entire troughs full of food, which is totally fine and totally not stupid. The NCAA came out with a statement apologizing and said, oh no, we. We didn't, so uh, yeah, then they rectified the situation, which was a bit late because they didn't need, they shouldn't have had to do that. It should never have gotten to the point where you have to rectify the situation. Now, Mark Emmert, NCAA president and former athletics director of Louisiana State University, this is important, by the way. Why is this important? Because, like, I wonder why he's a slime ball. Oh, I think his son is also married. Like, I think he's got... It's either his son is married to uh, R.A.D.'s daughter, or it's the flip side. His daughter is married to R.A.D.'s son. Yeah, we have something weird going on with the NCAA. But he was speaking at the Economic Club of Indiana, and he said the weight rooms, in quotation marks, that were shown on the videos, those were never intended to be weight rooms. Those were exercise rooms before the kids went onto the court for practice. But once the video's out there, the video's out there. Now, he never says where the rate the weight rooms were, um, number one. Number two, he never addresses the fact that there were food problems and there were swag bag problems, which I know swag bag problems sounds like a really stupid thing, but it's like, you look at what was in those bags and some of them were like personal care products. That's one of the things. It wasn't just like the cool things. It was also like men had more choices for products. And it's like, really? Really? 
I don't exactly remember what the pictures looked like, and I'm not pulling them up right now, because frankly, I've been talking for far too long. Like, seriously, about to get to the hour mark, and I want to hit all of the first two rounds of the men's tournament, because I didn't watch the women's tournament, because my team isn't in the women's tournament. Um, but yeah. It was completely and utterly messed up. Dick Sporting Goods, which was running a, like, an ad campaign about, like, equality and, like, women's sports and all of that, I was like, hey, we've got all this stuff ready to ship out. So I guarantee, like, their marketing team was feeling very good about themselves. They were like, oh my god, yes, 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 yes. So, like, that was good for them. And they fixed the whole thing. And now the NCAA has hired a law firm to uh, look into the, like, inequities between the men's and women's sporting events. Because it's like, what the fuck? You needed to hire a law firm? Uh, I think we know what they were. You don't need to hire a law firm. You don't need to waste more of your own money. But yeah. Now, there were people online who genuinely tried. Okay. So, hold on. Here are the details, apparently, for Marshawn Lattimore. So, he was found to have a loaded handgun in his possession. He was arrested for failure to notify and receiving stolen property after the handgun was later found to be entered as stolen. Okay. So, not, again, this isn't the worst thing I've ever heard. Like, yeah. Anyway, that is off topic. Here's what's on topic. There were people who genuinely tried to defend the NCAA for, like, having an unequal uh, facilities, like, unequal facilities for their men's and women's tournament, and it's like, really? 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 You're really trying to defend this shit? Guys, there's no way to defend it. There's absolutely no way you can defend... The fact that these two things were. But I saw people trying to defend it. They were like, oh, but the women's tournament loses $14 million, so they don't deserve anything. And it's like... Guys, the NCAA has like 100 championships and most of them lose money. What the hell do you mean? You don't think they should put any sort of effort into anything? Number one. Number two. The hell... Like, it loses money. Okay, and? But it's women's sports and it's worth investing in? I don't care that it loses money. If the NCAA were an entirely economic enterprise, they wouldn't have Division Three. It's not always about money. You're just trying to give some sort of rational justification for bullshit. And that's what it is. It's bullshit that this is happening. There is no reason in the entire world that you should be able to defend this. But I get it. Some guys are just super like, eh, but women's sports, women's basketball isn't as good. And I'm like, okay, so I can tell you it's lower scoring. You can say it's lower scoring, and you would be accurate about that. They bring up the fact that women can't dunk, and it's like, okay, so first of all, they can't. There actually are women that can dunk, and while there aren't as many, you should realize that most of the male population also can't dunk. Most. Yeah. It's... Like, 1% of the male population can dunk. You probably can't dunk. Hell, there are many Division I athletes that can't dunk. You know why? Because they just can't. 
I mean, that's just how it is. They don't have the hops. Oh, no. Why should that take away from them? Because it makes it less entertaining. Okay, fine. And, and I've been to them. And look, I have to say this. It's annoying because it's hard for me not to justify the fact that women's basketball is worse. However, I will also say this. Why does it have to be worse? Why are we letting it be worse? We can do things to make it good. Do you want to make women's basketball something unwatchable? Something you don't want to watch? Would you like that? I wouldn't. I want it to be good. I want to watch good sports. So if I keep seeing bad, I want there to be better. And it's not like that's impossible. Because guess what? Our women's national team is actually really good at basketball. Really good. There are teams in the WNBA that are actually really good at basketball. Women's basketball is actually good to watch when you're talking about the top talent. But even then, why not make that more accessible? We put way more money into men's training and men's basketball and men's sports than do women's sports for no reason. Why is it that women shouldn't be playing sports? If they want to, they should be able to. I'm not going to force someone to do something they don't want to do. But a lot of women do want to play sports. A lot of girls, young girls, want to play sports. But yet, the opportunities are very lacking compared to if you're a young boy and you want to play sports. There's a culture that isn't, like, trying to reinforce you playing sports. Sports can be fun. And there are a lot of talented there are potential talents out there that may never get a chance to go out on a basketball court. Ones who, in fact, can dunk. If you want to see that. They would be able to dunk. So why not put more money into it? You know? Why not have it so that it didn't... Do you know when the first women's tournament to have every single game broadcast? You know when that happened? This year. It was supposed to be last year, but yeah. We all know what happened. Took them that long to broadcast every game. They would do them regionally on ESPN, despite the fact that ESPN has like five networks they can use. Seriously, they have. And if you want it, let's say you use ABC, you use ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU. That's four networks. You know what uh, the men's tournament gets? It has CBS, TNT, TBS, and True TV. That's also four networks. And. They're kind of, like, similar. And guess what? If people wanted to, if you wanted to, you could even use ESPN News, though not as many people subscribe to it, so I would assume you wouldn't want to use it. But, like, ESPN U is the true TV of your package. Not as many people have it. <laughs> that's, that's right there. You could have been doing it all that time. Wouldn't have killed your investment. It'd have been cool. It'd have been good. Why didn't you do it? Maybe there's some exclusivity contract that uh, that uh, ESPN has where like they can't broadcast it on ABC. If that's true, I can understand it. And if you didn't want to use ESPN News, that's fine. You had a streaming service for years that you just didn't want to use? Really? Lazy asses? Okay. So that's my whole th thing. Think we can invest more in women's sports? Because it's good to watch when it's good. Like, 
UConn women's basketball, they're damn good. I wish it was more competitive. And it can be. But that'd be awesome. But unfortunately, I didn't watch the women's tournament. Why didn't I watch the women's tournament? Because it was going on during games I wanted to watch in the men's tournament. Sorry about that. I happen to be following the tournament in which one of my teams is in. Yeah. It's not my fault that LSU didn't make the women's tournament. It's their fault that they didn't make the tournament. Because they were the ones playing the games, not me. But it's time for me to... God damn, I gotta wrap this up. So it's time for a quick recap of the first two rounds of the men's tournament, and then my picks for the Sweet 16. So, starting with the first four, UCLA comes back, had like a 10-point comeback, and beat Michigan State 86-80 in overtime. I didn't watch the 16s play. Uh, Texas Southern beat Mount St. Mary 60-52. That was a 16s game. Drake beat Wichita State 53-52. I think that snapped like a 15-game losing skid Drake had against Wichita State, because they used to be members of the Missouri Valley Conference, um, and Drake was kind of the bottom of the barrel in that conference. But yeah, Wichita State had a shot to win it. And it hit off the rim and they lost. And finally, Norfolk State beat uh, Appalachian State in the last 16v16 game. Then, we have Friday's slate of games. Illinois took Drexel and pounded them to death. 78-49. to it was bad. Baylor beat Hartford in Hartford's first ever NCAA tournament game uh, at the Division I level. They beat him 79-55. to Houston uh, beat Cleveland State, handing Cleveland State its first ever first round loss. I know that sounds insane, but you have to realize the past two, they've only been to the tournament three times, including this year. And the first two times, they won their first games as like a 14 and a 15 seed. Or a 15 and a 14 seed. Yes. It's pretty insane to think that that's how they were. They lost, though, 87-56. to 56. But you know who didn't lose? Oral Roberts. They beat Ohio State 75-72 to 72 in overtime. <laughs> I thought Oral Roberts, of all the 15 seeds, Oral Roberts, I thought, was going to be the best one. I thought they were the one that had the best chance of winning it. What do you know? They won. Yeah, I mean... Better play. Arkansas beat Colgate after Colgate took an early lead. Uh, Arkansas decided to just pull away at the end. Yeah, it turns out Colgate wasn't exactly as good. Uh, Arkansas won 85-68. Oklahoma State beat Liberty in a game that I didn't watch. A 69-60 game. Oklahoma State shouldn't even be in this tournament. They're waiting on their appeal to be... Like, they have appealed their postseason ban, which has apparently allowed them to get in. The NCAA is allowing them in because they had a marketable star in Cade Cunningham. That's all they had. That's the only reason. Because the NCAA doesn't care about anything. Reminder, if the NCAA cared about integrity, it wouldn't exist. West Virginia beat Moorhead State 84-67. Uh, by the way, I didn't watch any of the games on Friday because I didn't have a way to. And then I got a way to on Saturday. Because, thanks. So, yeah. Syracuse. Number 11 seed beat San Diego State, number 6 seed, 78-62. My god, what a throbbing. Like, just absolutely destroyed their asses. Speaking of a team that got their asses destroyed, Georgia Tech, without its best player, 
They lost to Loyola Chicago 71-60. to It's unfortunate for them, though. They had to go up against a team that felt really pissed off. They were underseeded uh, and was also actually really good, but was underseeded. Dean, let me try and explain this to you. Loyola Chicago is about as talented as a four seed. Yeah, they're that good. Villanova beat Winthrop 73-63. Thought Winthrop might be a challenge for him. Turns out, nope. You know who was a challenge? North Texas to Purdue. Because North Texas took Purdue to overtime and then beat them by nine. This is North Texas' first win in the men's tournament. Then Texas Tech versus Utah State. Texas Tech won 65-53 to a Utah State team that probably should have been in the first four. Let's be honest. Florida beat Virginia Tech 75-70 in OT. Virginia Tech just kind of fell off a cliff. I did watch a little bit of that game via online. Um, They kind of fell off a cliff at the end of that game. They let themselves get beat. Then you have Oregon State beating Tennessee 70-56. Oh, okay. Turns out the Beavers aren't exactly bad. Turns out they're probably good. You know who wasn't exactly good? North Carolina. They got beat by 23 by Wisconsin. Just amazing. And then Rutgers beat Clemson because Clemsoning has decided to transition from the football team to the basketball team. Just not good at all. Then you have Saturday. Now, I did a live reaction. Uh, You'll find that on my YouTube channel, but I am not going to post the link here because that's going to be linked in the about whatever section, I don't know, description of this is going to be the link to last night's stream. Uh, but yeah, LSU beat St. Bonaventure 76-61 to because they actually rebounded the damn ball and they played good defense, something I didn't know if they'd be able to do, especially with the offensive boards. Plus, St. Bonaventure just couldn't get anything going at all. Just terrible shot selection. UCLA took BYU behind a woodshed and smacked them silly, 73-62. to Hey, look, UCLA, they've decided to show up now. Yeah, they picked the right time to show up. Then you have Alabama beating Iona, 68-55. Iona still waiting on their first not-vacated win. Yep, they have had 11 appearances in the tournament that haven't been vacated. They've never won a game. Iowa beat Grand Canyon, 86-74. Grand Canyon making their first appearance in the tournament. You know, whatever. Abilene Christian beat Texas 53-52 because Texas couldn't stop turning the damn ball over. That's literally the only reason I can think of. Abilene Christian was shooting 29.9% from the field. Yeah, not even 30% of their shots. Worst one by a team to ever win a game in the tournament. How do you how do you miss that many shots? How are you shooting that abysmally? Texas turned the ball over like 22 times. That's how. Also, Abilene Christian was hitting their damn free throws. You hit your free throws, you're going to win games. But it was an ugly win, and I didn't think it was going to be uh, sustainable. It wasn't. Kansas beat Eastern Washington, 93-84. Eastern Washington was kind of making it close early on, and then, yeah, Kansas kind of pulled away. Florida State beat UNC Greensboro, 64-54. It was a case of just pull away and we'll win it. And they did. Ohio beat reigning champions Virginia, 62-58. Ohio was a popular upset pick for good reason. They have a guy on there who might be in the NBA next year. 
Creighton beat UCSB 63-62. UCSB had a chance at the end, but the shot just rimmed out, and then they had another chance, and then the shot also rimmed out. Unfortunate. Georgetown's Cinderella run to the tournament came to a crashing end when Colorado went through them with a buzzsaw 96-73. Oh, Jesus God, what happened? Michigan beat Texas Southern 82-66. Yeah, it's a 16-versus-1 game. What do you expect? You have USC taking Drake and killing them 72-56. Whew. Maryland beat UConn 63-54, atoning for all of the rest of the Big Ten sins. Oklahoma beat Missouri 72-68. I didn't watch the game. I have nothing to say about it. Gonzaga beat Norfolk State 98-55. Yeah, we knew Gonzaga was good and was going to beat whoever they played, but... Jesus! Oh, and then they have Oregon, who moved on because VCU had a COVID positive and had too many of them and thus couldn't play, which means that I was right not to make a bracket. I was also going to pick VCU to beat Oregon, just saying, so... Thank God I didn't, because, you know, it would have been null and void. Then we move on to the round of 32. Loyola Chicago beat Illinois 71-58. They never trailed at any point in that game. You know, Illinois, maybe you should just not get beat by a team that's playing sound fundamental basketball. I don't know how hard that is, but you lost by 13, never had a really good game plan. Baylor beat Wisconsin 76-63. That was just a absolute beatdown. Syracuse beat West Virginia in a game they probably shouldn't have won. Well, at least the way they were playing at the end of it. Like, Syracuse had like a 10-11 point lead. They had a huge lead, and then they just gave it up. But because they had enough of that lead, it was just kind of hard to lose it. And, uh, they won the game by three. Arkansas beat Texas Tech 68-66 because Texas Tech couldn't hit a game-tying layup. It's unfortunate, but, you know, it happens. Houston beat Rutgers. Rutgers decided to fail down the stretch. They had that game handed. Like, they had the game in the in their grasp and then let go of it. They just should not have lost that game. Oral Roberts beat Florida 81-78. <laughs> you lost to Oral Roberts. I don't know what's more embarrassing. Ohio State losing or Florida losing? No, Ohio State losing is much more embarrassing. You're a... Just... That's embarrassing. Really embarrassing. Couldn't be me. Villanova beat North Texas 84-61. I think it was kind of obvious that North Texas was going to get beat pretty hard in the next round. Yeah, Villanova's just a pretty good team. And then finally, Oregon State beat Oklahoma State 80-70. to I think Oregon State might be a good team. I just think Oregon State might be a good team. Finally, we got Monday... UCLA beat Abilene Christian 67-47 because, like I said, ACU wasn't that good. They just weren't that good. It just so happened that Texas kept turning the damn ball over and kind of gave the game away. Then you have LSU versus Michigan. LSU had a chance to win that game, and then they blew it, and then Cam Thomas was put out on the floor for far too long, not given a rest, and then was, you know, kind of needed to win the game, which is stupid. We lost 86-78. to Oh, well, good run for this team. Oregon beat Iowa, smashed Iowa, 95-80. to By God, what the hell happened there? Big Ten, you're lucky you still have Michigan. Michigan, really? Of all teams. Let's see how well that goes for you. Gonzaga 
fell down like a few points early in the game and then went on to slap the shit out of Oklahoma 87 to 71 because Gonzaga has this mission of winning a natty this year. Creighton beat Ohio 72 to 58. It's the first time they've ever reached the Sweet 16. I believe they've reached the regional semifinals before, but like that was back when the tournament was much smaller. Florida State beat Colorado 71-53. Last night, I accidentally said that Florida State killed Colorado. That was unfortunate because during the middle of that game, after the LSU-Michigan game, the announcement of the bowler shooting came out, and it was like, yeah, so my wording was horrible. But, you know, so was the way that Florida State won that game because they just beat them. They just beat them up and down. It was just a dominant win. Alabama beat Maryland 96-77 to because Alabama kind of sort of has this clear path to the Elite Eight. Double-digit, double-digit, double-digit. And finally, USC beat Kansas 85-51. to What a drubbing. I did not see USC doing that at all. And I didn't see Kansas laying down and dying like that. Jeez. So we've got the Sweet 16. Gonna end this off with my predictions for the Sweet 16. Loyola is going to beat Oregon State. Then I got Baylor over Villanova. Arkansas is going to beat Oral Roberts. Syracuse is just on a roll right now. And I feel like they're going to make the Elite Eight. Uh, I think they'll beat Houston. Bama's going to beat UCLA. That three-point shooting is deadly. And finally, Gonzaga over Creighton by 11. And I say 11 because it's going to be a double-digit loss. Yeah. I just don't see it. So that's going to do it for this episode. Oh, I should also add one more little tidbit. I got vaccinated yesterday. Got my first shot of Moderna. Been feeling pretty good today, except for a little bit of that soreness that you get after every vaccine. Same shot uh, in the spot where they injected. But overall, been feeling pretty good. And that's going to do it for this episode of Goal to Go. So if you want to find me on Twitter, you can find me at capital B-E-N, capital S, capital L, capital A, capital S-P-O-R-T-S. Find the live episodes on twitch.tv slash T-E-P-I-G-L-O-V-E-R-1. That's every Thursday night, 7 Central, 8 Eastern. Again, that's twitch.tv slash T-E-P-I-G-L-O-V-E-R-1. So until next time, I've been Ben Schluter. This has been Gold to Go. Bye-bye.